0: It's time for The Locker Room with Coach D, right now on TPV Radio.
1: All
2: right, all right. This is Coach D, and you are now entering in The Locker Room. Hey, I'm excited. I'm glad you're here. As always, we say you're not here by mistake, or you just didn't happen to stumble across us, but God directed you here because he's got something for you today, and we believe that. I'm Coach D. This is the locker room. This is the place where we gather and we get together, so come sit down, get comfortable, because we're going to cover some things to help you get back on the field and win in stride. We're going to make sure when you leave out the locker room today, you're going to have championship form written all over you. And today is April. Let's see what I got here for a day. The 24th, April the 24th, and we are going to kick off another session of The Locker Room. In case you didn't miss or didn't make our last session and you missed it, you can go back out on whatever social media platform that you have, Spotify, uh, Apple, we're all over the place now, and just type in Men of Purpose Locker Room and you can hear what we covered last week. Or... If you want to, you can go also to our website, com. That's HTTP, HTTP, we call them 4 slash 4 slash com. That's where you can catch all the content. And just in case you missed it. And we are going to bring another awesome, awesome topic to you today. We're going to be talking about some things. That I know I struggled with And had I had someone minister to me this long time ago I, I know I would have came out on top So we're going to hit it here today We're going to hit it hard But hey, before I get too far into it I want to introduce the Kingdom Coaching staff Great, great men of God That has decided to labor here with me Of getting things together Just speaking to you and your lives to make sure that all the slack is jerked out and we can get it going. First up, I would like to introduce my assistant coach, a brother that I've been laboring with for a while, awesome brother in Christ, just really a lot of wisdom and faith and knowledge. Coach Tut, are you out there?
3: I'm here, Coach D. I almost wasn't sure if you were talking about me with that description.
2: <laughs> nah, I got you, man. I was talking about you. Alright, next up is good guy that I've been laboring with for a while. This guy, man, is just he's he's full tilt. He's 100 all this time. Awesome, awesome man of God. Coach Chris Newton, are you in the building? What's good, radio
0: family? I
2: just turned 45, and I'm ready to get it in. So, Coach D, let's get it. Let's go. Yes, sir, and happy birthday, by the way. 45, we're excited that you had a blessed time, and just pray that God will continue to bless you with many, many, many more birthdays. Amen. Next up, I got a guy that, that I met a while ago. This guy, man, i tell you, man. Whenever he opens his mouth, wisdom just pours out. He is an incredible, incredible man of faith, and I really admire and love this brother. Uh, even though I haven't been knowing him very, very long, but I just feel that kindredness together like we've been together for our whole life. And that would be Coach Michael Coleman. Are you in the building, Coach? My brother, my brother, my brother. Most definitely, Sarah. It's the best, best.
3: And blessed face
2: to be today. So, yes, sir, on fire and here. Yes, sir. Light it up. Light it up. Yes, sir. We're going to get it. We're going to get it. And I don't know if he's out there. This guy, man, this guy is a great guy. You know, he's been, even though I'm I'm about a year or two older than him, I think. (laughs) He's been my mentor. He's been my pastor. He's been just incredibly rock solid. But I tell you, family, one thing he does is he keeps me on my toes. He don't let me slip on none of my drills. I got to hit it and hit it hard. If you're in the building, Coach Paul, would you like to just say hello to the family? Hello, 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 man. I'm, I'm
0: I'm just excited. I'm sitting around in the locker with my popcorn, ready to get after this thing, man. So I'm here for you guys, man. Looking forward to a dynamic, uh,
3: dynamic show today, man.
1: Do your thing. Do your thing. Do your thing.
2: Yes, sir. Yeah, he's our, he's our plumb line. He's going to make sure we stay in check. Uh, I just love all these guys, family. These guys, uh, these, these, these guys that are coming to you today are going to give you some rock solid stuff. So let's get ready. But before I get started here, I want to get my shout outs out the way. Because, you know, I, I just feel like, man, I can't just express how good, how, how so good Jesus is to me. I just can't express it enough, and I got to give him a shout-out today for being my Lord and Savior and just being awesome. You know, he made all of this possible. He made the locker room possible. He made the coaching staff today possible. All these men, I just didn't meet them by chance, but I met them by destiny, and he made it all possible. And I got to give him a shout-out today. I also want to give a shout-out to my amazing wife, you know, she has been the one that has been my rock here and at the house. She's been my, my sounding board, just an awesome, awesome lady. And I've got to give her a shout-out first for putting up with me or anything and also deciding to stay with me for another. So she's an incredible woman. Deborah Pertle, I love you, and I just want to give you a shout-out. And I want to give a shout-out to TPP Ministries because Pastor Chris and First Lady Nishi is always ready to present something new, and innovative, so guys, can, men and women can just experience and bring out their spiritual giftings. That's their vision and focus, and I just want to thank them for that opportunity. And I also want to give a shout out to Mighty Men's Institute. Them, that group of guys have been so instrumental in growth and the things that they're doing in men's lives, and really this is just an extension of what the fruit is and what they've been doing. Um, In men's lives today Because we're all part of the Mighty Men's Institute and just a great, great, great format You can find them out there online, Mighty Men's Institute And hey, look, check it out, check it out And I want to give a shout out to you That are listening right here today Because God has got something in store for you We don't believe in hopelessness, we believe in hope and today we're going to bring hope. No matter where you think you are or what it looks like or feels like, there is hope in your situation to get you to a better place, to get you repositioned so you can get back on the field and win in form. Well, that's my shout-out. I'm going to pass the mic to Coach Tut. Coach Tut, you got your shout-out?
3: Oh, yes, sir. I'd like to start by giving a shout-out to to jesus christ i'm grateful every day that he gives me another day it means that i've got something to do in that day to serve him and i'm grateful for the opportunity i uh i'd like to give a shout out to my wife my wonderful wife samantha um without her my life would not be the same and i would not be the man that i am so uh she is my motivation she is my drive um and I, I want to I give a shout-out to my boys today, too, uh, Bryce and Brody. Um, you know, they, they push me to be a better dad, to be a better man, and it, it, they motivate me to be a better man of Christ. So I really just want to give a shout-out to them as well.
2: Amen, amen. That's what it's about. Amen. Coach Chris, you got your shout out ready and ready to go? Yes, sir. First and
0: foremost, I gotta thank the coaching staff of the locker room for making this show the what it is. This is show two, but we're already making waves. Also, I gotta give a shout out to my beautiful queen, Shanice Newton. She's on week six of her training. She'll be she's a correctional officer and God bless her for what she does. And she also helps me out a lot with tpv radio tpv enterprises tpv ministries she does a lot of behind the scenes and juggles everything else and i thank god for her i also want to thank the radio family for all the birthday wishes uh on thursday and through the remainder of this week still getting them in i appreciate all of you and of course i thank my lord and savior jesus christ For giving me another year. And giving me life. Y'all just don't know. How excited I am. Each year. Not only God gets me stronger physically. He also gets me stronger. Spiritually. And he also gets me stronger. For my family. So I thank God for it. And I don't take this lightly. So again. I could go on and on. But we don't have a program to do that. So I'm done, Coach D.
2: Back to you. And amen, amen. Awesome, awesome. All right. Next up is Coach Coleman. You got some shout-outs you'd like to get out?
3: My shout-outs to get out is definitely the, I will not uh, deviate from the program that is here. I will give a shout-out to my Lord and Savior, definitely to my wife. My family and all those who continue to promote me in whatever shape or form by speaking blessings in my life, by speaking blessings over my life, and by continuing to encourage me. So definitely want to give a shout out to all those that have been been laboring with us as we continue to push this effort forward and looking forward to greater things. I give a shout out to that person who just joined, who just joined, who wanted to know what we were doing and how we were doing it. So I give my shout out to that person. I don't know your name, but you know what? At the end of the day, hallelujah, I believe you will know Jesus' name even the more. So, back to you, Doc. Yes, sir.
2: Amen, amen. That's awesome. Coach Small, I know you're out there listening. I know you said that uh, you, um, you were just going to be stepping in and out, but is there any shout-outs you'd like to give out, sir? And we're going to kick this thing off. He's uh he stepped out of the locker room. Ten four. That's awesome. That's awesome. But well, we're gonna kick this thing off. We're gonna get going. We're gonna we're gonna start shaking some trees. Coach Tut, you got a prayer you can open up up with today before we get this thing kicked off. We wanna get everything straight. We just wanna eliminate ourselves and put the Holy Ghost in the middle of it to get us out the way. You got one in you today, Coach Tut?
3: I got one in me. Amen. If y'all would if you're if you're listening while driving, obviously don't close your eyes, but if you're able to, you know, just bow your head. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to speak into men's lives and women's lives. We thank you for, for your motivation. We thank you for your inspiration. And God, we we thank you for loving us. We ask that you take control of our tongues And help us only speak your word Into the people that are listening We know that you have people intentional, Intended for this show That you're going to send to hear the words That you would have us share And we ask this in your son's name Amen
2: Amen Amen. Well if you haven't noticed now Now you know Everything that we do is Christ-centered If Christ ain't with it I'm not in it That's our way we roll He's got to be the focus, and he's got to be there each and every time. Amen. Well, coaches, let's kick it off. I know they're stomping at the bit to see what we got in store for them today, but before we really get deep into this subject we're going to talk about today, I know we covered last time we were together about facing your Goliath. So if there's anything that you may have been thinking about or some revelation that came, you know, I don't want to do a full recap of what we talked about, but if there's something – that uh, you might want to share that we may have not covered last time about facing your Goliaths, let's give them a little tidbit of it so they can go back and listen to the program and see exactly where they need to be. So, Coach Stuntz, you got any revelations that we covered last time or any points or highlights that stuck out to you that you can share with the family that may have missed it so they'll know to go back and listen to the show that, that, um, that, that you want to cover here today? Uh, the
3: biggest the biggest recap from last week is really understanding that whatever your distraction, whatever your Goliath is, whatever it is that you're facing that's keeping you from growing in your relationship with Jesus, whatever's keeping you from growing as a person, whatever's keeping you from growing professionally, you're not going through it by yourself. you know the the things that we all deal with we're in this together, and so, the biggest thing is we have to align ourselves with other people that are on the same path in order to make our Goliath smaller and to make it a lesser threat and to be able to conquer without question moving forward.
2: Amen, amen. What about you, Coach Chris? You got something? You got you got a little something you like to dangle out there? Maybe a revelation or or, or maybe just what you took away from. Facing your Goliath that you'd like to share With the family today
0: Yeah we'll, Real brief, r- briefly Because uh, I'm ready to get it in today I'm excited, sorry y'all uh, When it comes to Facing anything in your life If it's spiritual or natural It is our Decision to move Forward You can move in a way Where it's going to take you 20 years To get where you got to go Or you can move in a lane where God can orchestrate you. Well, that sounds easy. So how do I do that? Well, what God does, he systematically puts you in relationship with him. He'll eliminate everything Mm -hmm. that's your distraction, and he will put you right where you need to be. Once you become relationable, I made that up. Then God can (laughs) download into you what he needs. And when he does that, turn, once you start walking upright, he will start bringing people to you that can systematically keep you focused. See, God doesn't play. But see, we have to look in the mirror first. And this is the biggest hang-up that most of us as men have, pride. We talked about that two weeks ago. Pride is our biggest mm-hmm. Goliath. Once we eliminate mm-hmm. pride, God can take us to a whole nother level. And let me stop right there before we before I start preaching. So, Coach D,
2: <laughs> back to you. Hey, man. Hey, you know, Pastor Chris, I just thought about something. I'm, I got your next project, man. You need to put together a TPV Christian lingo book so people can I'll <laughs> hey, making up some stuff, boy. <laughs> Coach, Coleman. Coach Coleman, you up to the podium, sir. Is there anything that maybe revelational wise or just a recap of something that you took away from last time we were together that you'd like to share with the family? So, They can go back and listen to the whole series on Facing Your Goliath. You have the floor.
0: Hey, appreciate it.
3: Yes, definitely. Goliath, anytime a giant shows up, you know it's time for transition. It's time for elevation. Um, Goliath, show up to begin a shift in your life. Uh, One of the more important things is that we learned that David faces Goliath with zeal. He understood that he needed to take the, the giant down. And even better yet, to understand that his his legacy, his family, his, that he comes from Judah. Judah means praise. Praise goes before you. In many of their battles, That when praise went before them, they were able to take down giants. So we got to mm-hmm. be ready to take down giants in our lives. We have to have the mindset that even when we don't have the strength to do it, God does, so we Amen. want to make sure our hearts and our minds are gelled with God's desire for us. So God puts yeah. a giant there or allows a giant to be there for the express purpose for us to take his head on. Um, leave it right there and say we will win in this season. We will. I don't care what you're facing or what's in front of you. If it's a giant, no, it's time for escalation, time for elevation, and it's time for jubilation because you got to praise him through it all. And I'll turn it right back over to you, sir.
2: Yes, sir. That oh, was my Reverend Jesse
3: Jackson. My Reverend Jesse Jackson.
2: Uh. Amen. <laughs> hey, hey, Amen. All right. Hey, family, you heard it. You just heard. You just heard the coaches give their little take. Hey, it was a lot more in depth. It was a lot more in that series facing your Goliaths, or in that topic facing your Goliaths in this Goliath in this five-part series. So I encourage you to go back and listen to it in depth. Take note because it's gonna help you out. Because this is a five part series of making of a warrior. So when you get done with this when we get done with this series and you you tag along with us through each and every topic in this series, you're gonna come out as a warrior. Hey man, I gotta slow down here. I'm getting all amped up and fired up. But with that Said, let's move right on into our next topic of discussion. The next topic in making up a warrior is eliminating distractions. Eliminating distractions. Now, see, distractions they come in subtle. And sometimes you really don't recognize it till you full blown in it. You know, I, I can I can relate because it's just like, you know, I'm I live in the Gulf Coast now, Mississippi, but I'm from Michigan. And I grew up there my whole life. But after being away for so long, and and I'm just driving down when I went home to visit, I'm driving down the road, and I, I just know instinctively where I was. But When I looked up, I missed my turn. And I was in the place, but I wasn't where I was supposed to be. And that's the way distraction gets you. You may be in the place, but you're not where you're supposed to be. See, because distractions keep you from growing. See, the reason, part of the reason that it keeps you from growing is it wants to alter or take your thought process away from where it needs to be. And when that happens, you lose the ability to receive the necessary revelations from the word of God that you need to be in that position where you're supposed to be. See, because you know how it is sometimes. I will be present in body, but our mind and our spirit will be just totally, totally far away. And distractions is the one danger that every believer faces. I don't care who you are what you are or how long you've been in the Word, distractions still can come in and be a danger that you'll have to face. And guess what? Satan loves when a believer is distracted because he's ineffective. He's not receiving the revelation for growth. He's not receiving the revelation for sharing. He's in a place where he gets in survival mode. And that's about it. Now, the definition of distraction is this: anything that prevents someone from giving full attention to or something that or something else now that's the Webster's version of distraction, and we've got to understand coaches there's an issue here there's an issue here. And we see it more prevalent today in today's society, coaches, than we've ever had, I think, in history. See, because the issue is this. We have so many outside influences, more than ever, that will look to keep us distracted. And one of the biggest things that I see today, coaches, is technology. Now, family, before you sit back in your seat and turn us off, I'm not against technology. I'm an advocate of technology. We're coming to you today by the ways of technology. But when you decide to get all your information from that technology, you're going to find yourself distracted. You're going to find yourself, when all your information comes from social media, you're going to. it's going to cause you to be distracted. And it will slowly erode away at your thought process it will slowly erode away um, your level of thinking so you can't receive the revelation you need. Now, look at this, coaches. Here we go. I'm going to read James 1, 5, and 2, 6. We're going we're to look at this. And I'm going to read out today, I'm going to use my Passion Translation. And I was introduced to this translation some time ago. It's one that's been translated totally out of Aramaic. And it's a New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs only. <laughs> and James 1, 5 through 6 says, If anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom, and he will give it. He, will, he won't see you your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but will overwhelm your failures with generous grace. Just make sure you ask in power, confident faith without doubting that you will receive, for it is ambivalent person believes one minute and doubts the next. Being undecided makes you become like the rough seas driven and tossed by the wind. You are up one minute and tossed down the next. Amen. Coaches, here's what I want to put on the floor. What has happened to our filter? What has happened that we get distracted from the information that we're receiving, and what can the family do to receive the information that they need so they won't get distracted? Coach Sutton let me know what you think. What has happened?
3: Uh, you know, you are speaking of technology, and uh, when we go when we go to one source for everything, it, it's bound to happen that everything's going to stack on top of each other. You know, there's really if you want to get on a metaphorical level, there's really only one all source for what we need and that's God. But Amen. when we start looking to our phone for everything instead of doing any actual like digging into the word and, and doing old fashioned research, then I I'll use I'll use like the Bible app on my phone, you know, and mm-hmm. it never fails that the second that I start getting into the Word that I get a Facebook alert or, you know, some other type of pop-up, because right. the enemy knows uh, that I'm right there, and he knows that that's an open option, you know. Uh, so what I try and do, I love a hard copy Bible. Come on. You know, I, I have I have yet to get a Facebook notification when I'm in the middle of reading out of a book. Um, if I do, it's on my phone, and it's away from me, uh, you know, but – but the enemy will try and work on your mind too. You'll be in the middle of reading, and you know he'll he'll remind you that you got to do this or you've got to do that. Um, so one of the things that I've implemented is keeping a notebook next to me as I'm in the Word. That way, if something does come to mind, I can write it down and address it when I get done. You know, we we have so many things that are going on and so many moving pieces in our lives from day to day that. You know, we have to be intentional in making time for God. And the enemy's gonna try and take whatever opportunity he can to throw us off from that because he's he's scared of the power that we hold when we're in alignment with what God's got for us. So Amen. That, that'd be two two things, you know, hard copy Bible and keep a notebook just for, for notes as you're going through it. Um, that'd be the two things right now
2: that I suggest. Amen. Hey, man. And, you know, I and, and like I said, family, I love technology. I I, I used to call myself a geek, and, and there's nothing wrong with it at all. I'm not speaking against technology. But, you know, we had talked the other day at Mighty Men. Sometimes you just got to flip the pages. Sometimes you just got to get to a place where you can just sit down and be quiet and just flip pages. So, hey, man, good stuff, Coach, good stuff. So Chris, what's going on, man? What's what's happening, man? Why are we getting so distracted through this this social media? Why are we taking all our information from these places? What can we do? What can we do to put our filter back in place? You have the floor. Well,
0: the here's another new term I'm going to introduce. We we got the Facebook preacher. Uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> we got the Google Preacher. Uh-oh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Social media is so vast now that
1: mm-hmm. it's
0: become one of those key things that not only just as a believer goes to, but as pastors. Because, I mean, the Internet back in the day. See, I grew up in the days of Encyclopedia Botanica. I mean, a lot of the – if there's young cats listening, they may not know what that is. But I grew up mm-hmm. old school, so I know how to use I know how to use both old school elements and new school. See the problem is gentlemen that there's such a generational gap in technology that the generations that are behind us they have no clue what studying it is they don't know what that mm-hmm. is. they know google and that's it they don't know about going to the library, going to the um the, the the different references like encyclopedias and stuff like that. They have all that old stuff still at the library. And mm-hmm. see, our libraries are becoming obsolete So being able to hold a textbook or a hard copy as we go on in these years is going to become less and less accessible. Sorry, mm. that's the reality. Now, mm. sometimes technology can be distracting because for me it's exciting because i grew up not having it so for me being able to utilize it now it's exciting because i'm learning how to do different things and and put in hashtag this and that and it pulls up all this information you know so it's great for me because it's new you know because normally i'll just go and get the book and Study it, and I still do that, not saying that I don't, but just to make a long story short we get we do get distracted by the technology because it's easy, it makes us lazy mm-hmm. it, We're able to just right. uh do a eye scan or a phone unlocks or a thumbprint or phone unlocks or tablet unlocks. We could just ask um uh Siri or we can ask uh, uh Google or we can ask Alexa all these questions, so why do we have to headache ourselves studying? That's why it's a distraction, Brother Don, because it's accessible. It's easy to use. I don't have to use a lot of head work or I don't have to get a headache looking at a hard copy and I could just ask Mm -hmm. Alessa just to give me the whole uh, uh, thesis of what it is to be a warrior. Why do I have to go Mm -hmm. in here and get my eye Mm screen with my bifocals on to read this book and I can have Alexa read it for me? See, that's how we got lazy, Brother Don. But see, Mm -hmm. what happens if technology crashes? We got a problem because there's a whole generation of people that have relied on Google for so long, they wouldn't even know what to do if we had to go back to textbooks. Just saying. So, anyway, Mm -hmm. this is a lot more I can say, but we don't have a lot of time. So that's my three cents.
2: So back to you, Coach C. Amen. 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 Good stuff. Coach Coleman, check this out. Man, my Bible app makes me feel like a Bible scholar. I don't have to look at the table of contents no more. All I got to do is scroll down, and bam, I'm there. If I'm dealing with an issue, all I got to do is Google it, and I'm there. But where's the cutoff, uh, Coach Coleman, that I don't get too distracted by thinking this is the way it should be, and why am I all caught up into this technology thing for my spiritual Well, being. give me your take, sir. All
3: right. Well, I will just jump in uh, with both feet here. Convenience. Convenience? Convenience. This is all all, going back to the simple fact that it is convenient. It is easy to use, and I will even go to Luke 16 and 8. It says, and the Lord commanded the unjust do it because he had done wisely. For the children of this world are... In their generation, wiser than the children of light. We got to understand this is a marketing, marketing. I say it again a marketing ploy. It pulls you away. It understands the mm-hmm. dynamics of social or social interactions and your behavior. Mm-hmm. People have spent, corporations have spent large amounts of money, large sums of money to discover what little thing will trigger your reaction. Uh, so we must understand that this is, uh, at the end of the day, uh, not just the whole fact of social media, but somebody wants to make money off of you. The idea is mm. to make money off of your distraction. So uh, wow. I know we look at Facebook and we think Facebook is just for uh, social gathering, But the all- honest truth, Facebook exists and it is free because they have advertisements. Those advertisements pay the bill. And that's exactly Man. what makes uh, them wealthy or and it's also the same thing that distracts. Five seconds—that's all it takes. You weren't looking right. for a new toothbrush, but guess what? One just popped up because <laughs> you looked for it. You talked about something, and they know. Listen, they understand. Uh, I've done some IT work. They understand the interrelations of words, and this is, in and of itself, is the distraction. They understand you may not be looking for this specific thing, but this thing that's associated with it maybe is something you're looking for. And these things pull us away ever so easily. They pull us away. So there's a program. There's a program that we get involved with every time you pick up your phone, if you're not using it to make a phone call. Because I remember when phones were only made phone calls. Mm. <laughs> I remember when you <laughs> see, that's all it did was made a phone call. But listen, we now have uh, in the palm of your hand something that can take over thirty minutes away from you. I think the average I read the other day is thirty seven minutes of your day is taken away from you because uh, every time you pick up your phone, I think you spend one minute, almost one and a half minutes looking through your phone. So, you know, wow. these are the things that it's pro it's program. So, you know, that, that, that half hour out of the day is gone. And uh, I even, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of sum it up with this. Uh, the the need here is to establish the left and right balance. To focus mm-hmm. in on your day. To figure out what it is that you want to do in that hour. Uh, and if you don't start with that, then you will do anything. Write the vision, make mm-hmm. it plain. Uh, uh, another vision, another version of that tells you that it you don't write the vision, you, you fall to to distract you. you'll do anything because you have no vision. Wow. You don't know which way to go. So you pick up your phone, what did you pick it up for? How about you execute that? Execute what you picked it up for. Mm-hmm. Don't allow your phone or whatever it is in the room to distract you from.
2: Be focused. Stay focused. I right, I'm on I'm gonna turn it right back over to you sir. Hey man, man, that's good stuff. That is good stuff. I hope you're getting the tone of this family. What, what what the coaches and I are saying right now to you, and we never, never want to beat up and tell you that technology is from the devil and it's just evil and bad. No, no, no. You have to use it as what it was designed for, to be an A, a tool, not to be your life. And because what happens is, and the coaches hit it right on the head, all it takes is a few minutes of getting distracted. And even if you're on what they call a Christian site, a social Christian network type of site, there is things that will look to shift you away just momentarily and briefly. Now what you're going to start to do is you're going to condition yourself to look and understand worldly wisdom over godly wisdom. And that's what the issue is. And once you start to in, in, in letting that just get soaked up in your mind, that worldly wisdom, it's hard to receive any godly wisdom. And that's what we wanted to let you know. We're, I'm not. We're not saying we're against Facebook, Instagram, and none of the other things, or, or or the internet. We're not saying that here today. Let me get that clear. But what we're saying is, you have the one way to eliminate distractions in your life. Is to use it for what it was designed for, as a tool, not your life. Because I know some people right now, they if they lost their phone, oh, the oh, world's over. They couldn't make it. You you would think that you cut their arm off. They would panic. They would run. They would they they would just have a total meltdown right there because they lost their phone. It's because they made that, that technology their life. And that means if you make something else so centered, so focused in your life, you cannot be Christ centered. I'm just being real with you. You can put all the Bible apps you want on the world. And then be and you know have it on your phone. But you still if you find yourself going to that more than anything else, then it's going to be a distraction. But let me ask you this, coaches, and that's a good point. I want to to hear you guys uh, uh, talk to the team about here today. Why do people gravitate more towards worldly wisdom than godly wisdom? I'll let you go first, Coach Coleman.
3: I'll take you all the way back to uh, the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden. I'll take you all the way back there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. well, you know, uh, it, it is often selfish interest. Selfish uh, interest, self serving. And uh, at the end mm-hmm. of the day, you will gravitate toward that because you have yet to actually fully understand the vision that God has for you, your purpose. Amen. When you uh, are so distracted in life by obtaining worldly things, and you think that that is an, an, the end result? This is the goal. This is the this is the treasure. Uh, another mm-hmm. one, another scripture that says that where your heart is, that where your treasure is. That will your heart be also.
2: You be so that's you Amen. Think,
3: that's what you. That's what you treasure. You will naturally gravitate toward that. It is it is the uh, inclination of someone's heart who is not ready to receive the, the will of God. And I think sometimes mm-hmm. because the will of God is not something convenient, let me say it again, it is not convenient for us. Because it's not convenient for us, we, we go the other way. We we take the opposite direction. Uh, or, or better yet, or worse yet, I should say, we may halfway, halfway comply. Well, you know, uh, one friend of mine told me, say, so you can't dig half a hole. You can't tell half a lot. You can't Come halfway comply. You so you, Come you will or you won't. Don't don't. There's no and that is an act dick Being able to feel the flesh and feel the distraction is important. It is an important exercise of a spiritual walk. And I'm gonna stop there because I know we got to give some more time out to other people. But this is imperative uh, that we get this Amen. understanding that God has a greater yeah. vision for us than we have for ourselves. And when your vision is too small you do things small-mindedly. So uh, you will attend to the w- wisdom of the world because the wisdom of the world only sees today. It cannot
2: see tomorrow. And I end up Amen. with you, sir. Yes, sir. Man, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. I hope you guys are soaking this in. I really do. So, Chris, man, Uh-oh. look, when I get distracted, that worldly wisdom sounds good. But I don't hear that godly wisdom How can I stay focused To get that godly wisdom Uh oh Well, well I'm, we're, I'm
0: about to get everybody In trouble You know me See we've developed This thing called The gray area Syndrome Or Come on. how we like to call it In the church The lukewarm Part of the game. We like to stay <laughs> in the middle. We, we, we don't want to have one way or the other way. Since we got Google, we got Snapchat, TikTok, all this stuff. See, and the cosign of what Coleman said, as far as IT goes, Facebook and the rest of these things, they calculate your data based on your algorithm. That's how right, they're right. able to get what comes on your screen because with the face scans from all these fancy phones now your face scan your retina scan your thumbprint all that stuff is computer codes now see i'm no it genius but i do know that the information can be transferred in digital numeric formats which calls algorithms but that's a whole nother show Mm -hmm. we'll have coach coleman teach that one but anyway, uh,
1: we develop,
0: we developed this great area. You're doing all right. You're
2: doing all right. Like,
0: You're doing all right. Yes, sir. And we like to develop this great area. And we like to stay there. The one thing that got me out of it was the fact that I had to disconnect from technology for a while. Now, yeah. I kind of understand how the effects of technology could give us all some type of withdrawal. Let's just look at the young generation for a minute, shall we? For some of us that have preteens, some of us that even have five-year-olds, you take technology from them, end of the world as we know it. They don't know how to play no more. They don't know how to go outside and play hide-and-seek. They don't do none of that no more. They tick tock in their life away. So (laughs) if you take technology from them and they're forced to go outside, I guarantee you in about 15 minutes to maybe 30 minutes, they'll be back inside. Uh Uh-oh. Why? Because that gray area was developed. So why should I have to work so hard, coaches, when I could just Google it, why do I have to go outside for until the streetlights come on like we most of us on this panel used to do? Why should I have to use my imagination when I could just ask Alexa how to do it? See, these are the things that is being taken from the next generation. And being that technology started in our generation, gentlemen, a lot of us, yeah, we're... Fascinated by it But these kids are born Knowing this stuff Just disconnect them for, Just do a test so For all of you that are listening to us All the men that are listening All the ladies that are listening Do this Take your technology away From your kids And see what happens Okay, then after that Take the technology from yourself on your husband Or your spouse Or whoever Take it from each other for about 15 minutes and see what happens. We've gotten so connected with technology coaches that now even our coaching programs are done digitally. We don't got to yell and scream no more. All you got to do is send a text message to the wristband, to the football players now. Y'all must see, y'all don't stay hip to this tech. They got this sleeve now, gentlemen, that all you got to do is, wave your hand, and all the information will come on this little screen. It's getting crazy. I'm telling you. We're getting lazier and lazier, and you'll wonder why we're weak back. You'll wonder why we can't defeat our giants. You'll wonder why we can't Mm. get our visions off the ground, because we're too busy depending on technology instead of depending on what God already laid down, the good Mm. old-fashioned book. And see, we've missed that because we're not stimulating our brain cells to create chemical uh, pheromones and and energies for us to create and to have vision in the first place. See, I can go on and on. Mm. See, Brother Don, I was ready for today. I'm hyped up, but again, we don't have a lot of time. So that's my four cents. See, I put another one cent in the pot. So there go my four cents. So Coach D,
2: back to you let me be quiet amen 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 i hope you're taking this stuff up. this good stuff guys and you know what we're talking about is getting you back to a position in place where you can start receiving that's what we're that's what we're bringing home right now so coach tut let's let's reel this thing back on in. i heard you guys read james 1 5 and 6 but how do I know when I'm receiving that wisdom I'm asking for, and it's just not me re, re, filtering the worldly wisdom that I see, but it's true wisdom that I've asked that God has given me? How do I know that, Coach? Tut? You got the floor, son.
3: So we, when you're receiving God's word, there's, there's always going to be that foundation. That it's never going to, it's never going to, diverge from I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. Uh you know, when we receive things of this world, the the worldly wisdom is always going to be more toward instant gratification.
2: You know, Amen. it's it's Fairly.
3: it's it's going to be, you know, I do this, this is my reward, instant. Yes. You know, when when you're in alignment with what God has for you, Yes, there will be trials. There will be, you know, there will be steps that you have to take. It, it might not be instant, and that's okay, you know, because long-term, you're going to reap what you sow. So we have Come to on. be active in making sure that we have, we spend more of our time sowing seeds than we do trying to harvest. Mm. Right? If, you, if, you, if you don't put the seeds in the ground, then you have nothing to harvest back on. It's a credit. It's a bank account situation, you know. If you're not putting money in, the ATM's going to laugh at you when you go to pull money out. <laughs> um, Amen. You know, we we are dealing. The current generation is the smartest generation we've ever had, but they have mm-hmm. everything at their fingertips, and so they don't have any reason to run with blind faith anymore. Wow. You know, they That's they can true. go and they. They can instantly search and get a worldly answer to answer all of their questions. So they don't, they're not driven towards looking to God for those answers. That's where we as parents have to be actively engaged in, you know, making sure that they, that they have that relationship with God. Um, you know, that they would look to him first in all things rather than looking to things of this world. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, there is, you know, if, if why, when we were growing up, you know, and, and I'm not, I'm not trying to make this all, you know, different generations, but if we're addressing the issue that's currently there, you know, we all grew up where we didn't have everything at our fingertips. We, we had to run with faith on some things, you know, when, when our parent told us why the sky was blue in their opinion. That's what we ran with. That's what we told our friends that, you know, my dad said this. Nowadays, if you say it, if a parent can be wrong and a kid has no hesitation in correcting them based off of what they find on a Google search, you know. Mm. So we as parents, we have to be that much more prepared when we step into a conversation. You know, we have to be running with the facts. We have to know what we're talking about more so Mm -hmm. than – Kids don't grow up with as much trust in what their parents give them, you know, uh, as they used to. So you have to mm-hmm. really prepare yourself for these conversations. And the same thing goes with worldly wisdom versus godly wisdom. You know, where well, they're trained from a young age because of technology. And I, Coach D, you know me. I love technology. But mm-hmm. when you... You know, but you you have to they're trained from a young age to engage with technology first. Right. So that's right. where they look to for answers. We we have to find that balance. We have to make sure that they're that they're still looking to God for the answers and so that they're they're more willing to receive his wisdom than they are for
2: things of this world. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. Good stuff. Woo! Family, I'm you're soaking this in. This is good stuff here today. And that's it. That's one of the techniques we want to live with you or leave with you uh, when it comes to technology. If you don't have balance, you are going to be distracted. There must be incorporated balance. Each coach has talked about a level of balance that you need to avoid the distractions from that technology. And we're hitting this, you know, you may think, well, why are they talking about Facebook? Why are they talking about Instagram? Because if there's no balance, it's going to go one way or the other. And it's typically going to go to the level of you being distracted that takes away you being focused. And that's it. And the reason this is, and I'm going to share this with you now, if you haven't caught on, if, you, if it hadn't hit you yet, let me tell you what's going on. This is the strategy the enemy wants to use. He wants to keep you distracted. See, because if he can keep you distracted, he can keep your thinking in a place that it does not need to be. And if he can keep you into a place of what we call fruitless thinking, guess what that produced? Fruitless living. And when you have that combination, when you have that combination, it kills a focus-driven person. Because you cannot be focused and be fruitless at the same time Because staying focused is what's going to help produce the fruit And that's what we want to get here today It starts with your thinking process How you approach things You heard the coaches talk about different generations And just real briefly Each generation thinks a little bit different and a lot of it has to do with what they were exposed to, or how things were brought to them, or presented to them. My generation, which is a little older generation, we didn't have some of the we didn't have the luxuries that this new generation had right now. So our thinking was a little different. This new generation they have a lot of things afforded to them that the next generation, um, um, you know, may have even greater. So their thinking is going to be different. No matter what generation you derive from, you still can go back to the Word of God for your thinking process. Now, if you got your Bible, uh, um, if you got your Bible handy, which we always encourage you to do, um, just so we can make sure we're in the Word of God. So, don't take my word for it. Don't take Coach's word for it, or Coach Tut, Coach Small, Coach Coleman, or Coach Newton. Don't take their word for it. Let's take God's word for it. So if you've got your Bibles, can you open up to Romans, the 12th chapter, and this is a portion of scripture that everybody's familiar with, and we're going to be in the first through the third verse. That's Romans chapter 12, first through the third verse. And I'm going to be reading today um, I'm going to be reading out of the New King James New King James today is what I'm going to be reading that portion of scripture out It's Romans 12, 1 through 3 And it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the miracles of God That you present your bodies as a living sacrifice wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service and do not be conformed to this world, but be, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, coaches, let's break this down. Let's break this down. Coach. Yes, sir. We we, we read some in verse 1. But I just don't quite get it What is my Reasonable service Why does the word tell me Mm. to present myself As a living sacrifice and holy And acceptable because that's My reasonable service What is my reasonable service coach You got the floor
0: Mm. Well First of all You have to understand Who you are in order for you to even be at anybody's service. See, this is the problem.
3: We don't understand
0: who we are. So how can I be of service to God, to my parents, to you gentlemen, if I don't even know who I am? This is one of our biggest problems. This is one of these Goliaths that a lot of us have problems with. See, I like what verse 2 says, too, Brother Don, and I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation because I love the way it says it. Now, this is going to wrap up everything we were just saying. Verse 2 says, Stop imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture of, around you, but be inwardly transformed by the what? Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Now, how can I change the way I think when I let Google and Alexa think for me? Uh Uh-oh.
2: Come on. Wait, 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 wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. Uh, uh, How can I transform my thinking, coaches, when I don't want to hear you yelling at me about a play? All I got to do is look at my my wrist, flick it a few times, and I can see the whole playbook. Uh Uh-oh. Wow. See, see, our directives are different now. Our generations of how we think reasonable service is, brothers Don, is different. Reasonable service and I'm and like uh, Coach Tut said, I'm not trying to bring generations into this, but there's some truth to this statement. See, my dedication to our generation, your generation, gentlemen, was based on hard work, handshake, eye to eye, contact, hard working, These are the traits and attributes that dedicated your service. Now, Mm. in the next generation, your service is dedicated based on how good you are online. Uh Uh-oh. How good you are of sorting data. How good you are, even in the younger generation, how good you are of sending emojis, OGM's, OGA's, LOL's, all that stuff they be sending, they have no conversation or content whatsoever, but to them it's conversation, that's mm-hmm. their dedication, oh, that's their reasonable service, I, I hope somebody's mm-hmm. catching this, because it's different now, Brother Don, their loyalty in these generations now are changing, if Google don't right. say it, and if parent, if as parents, if we're not wise in internet and in word, we got some issues. If we're not astute in what's going on in our kids' lives on on the online Bible, yeah, I said it because there's online Jesus. I'm sorry to say it, but there is. And a lot of stuff that you look up on Google, there's a lot of stuff omitted out of the original text that's why it's always good to have an authentic book in the house because the data is going to change generation after generation and it's going to get more and more watered down that's why Mm. again taking it back to facing the giants in generation's that are coming up, gentlemen, I'm sorry to say, but they're not going to know how to face their giants because Google or Alexa didn't tell them. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say it, but that's the truth of the matter. They're not going to understand where we're coming from, gentlemen, because we're not talking tech. We're not telling Mm. them hashtag look at the book or hashtag Alexa says. We're not sending them emojis. They're not going to understand what we're saying because we're coming from the text. But I got news for you. Young school, it's good to have a textbook near you because I'm telling you, half the information that you're getting from the Internet is diluted. That's why it's always good to go back to your roots. That's why the Bible says we need to go back to our what? First Love. What is that first love? Mm-hmm. Our commitment to the word of God and our relationship, not religion, our relationship to who he is. See, Brother Don, you picked the wrong day. I'm fired up. So <laughs> let me be quiet and turn my mic off. So back
2: to you. Amen. Amen. Awesome stuff. Folks. I hope you're soaking this in. I hope you got your seatbelt on, cause we're about to take off. This stuff is getting good. It's getting gooder and gooder. Come on in, man. You guys just read Romans twelve one through three, and, and I heard that part about be not conformed, but transformed by the renewing of my mind. Now you guys been talking about this stuff. And I've heard this verse over and over and over. But Coach Coleman, how do I renew my mind? You have the floor, sir.
3: Well, I love it because it's a great segue. Since we're talking about technology, uh, the understanding is that the only way your Alexa, Google, or any of those apps work is simply because they've been programmed a certain way. I mean, Mm. someone sat in a room and they came up with a particular type, form of computer language that work and once inserted into proper programming, it would execute as planned. Uh, That being said, in many aspects, we were just that computer uh, that received programming from our parents and from our environment. and Thereby, we've learned to make decisions to deal with conflict in many manners, in any way, shape, or form as we've seen them played out before us. This is our program. And therefore, he says, be renewed in your mind. Why? Because he knows that's the place of your program. As a matter of fact, when you turn on the TV, we say we're watching watching a show. When in all actuality, they say you're watching a program. It's an actual program. You're looking at a person's vision of comedy to be a sitcom or whatever the case may be. At the end of the day, someone sat down, wrote it up, put it on the script, and was able Mm -hmm. to execute it so that someone else would say it. Saying all that to say this In order for you to renew your mind You need new programming Come on You need new programming Mm. You don't get new programming You will never renew your mind You will will continue to get the same thing Each and every time that you've been getting it Therefore you need to ingest You need to take on the word of God Because the word of God is from the mind of God And therefore if you have the word of God From the mind of God You will change the mind of the person Who was created by God Otherwise, you'll mm. continue to do things the way you've been programmed. You've been programmed by your mothers, mm. your fathers, your sisters, your brothers, your uncles, those who, who may have touched you inappropriately and said things inappropriately. They've affected you emotionally and socially, even so much to the point where you, how you interact with people. But when you take on the programming of God, the Word of God, you start to know who you are. You start to know Mm. why you are who you are. You start to find out your purpose. You start to find out what reasonable service is. You start to learn how to love people who hate you and love them to the point where you love the hell out of them. You can love them well enough that you will be on top of the world when they would want to put you at the bottom. So I'm just telling you Uh right now, there is a plan from God for you. But the only way you can renew your mind is to get that word of God in your mind to replace the programming the corrupted programming that you currently have if you're wondering why you're not as successful as you should be it's because even the Bible says the diligent hand shall be made fat." you're not working hard you're not grinding is it? the world says it's grinding that's not new that's in the text
1: mm. God already knew
3: that God already so these things these concepts that work these concepts that work come from God they come from text yeah. and you know this is true. We need to begin to promote this word into the into our, if we're going to really do this right. We need to promote this word into our churches and into our church body to let them know that the, some things, you got to have some elbow grease in it to get it done. This is the programming of God. Uh-oh. He doesn't tell you everything is going to be, you know, unicorns and, and uh, what is it, uh, and rainbows. daisies. He tells you that there were <laughs> rainbows and unicorns. There you go, Thank. He doesn't tell you that. He tells you you're going to have to get out there on the field. He tells you that. And so, you know, I, I'll, I'll share it with this and I'll leave it with it. I've heard it said that many times people said that there would be, um, they don't come to church because they're hypocrites in the church. Well, if you read your word and you had your programming on, program to God, he tells you that there'll be wheat and fat. Hello. Well, guess what that means? That means that God already knew that there would be hypocrites in the church. So if you were a churchgoer, you would understand and be able to be able to tell somebody, "Yeah, God knows that. That's why we need more wheat mm-hmm. because there is already tares there. So we need to be able to take on that new mindset, to be able to have a kingdom yeah. mindset, and look at it from that aspect. And I think." I need to let this go. But y'all know what? You you hit the right person (laughs) at the right
0: time. Because I'm going to tell you right now, when you change, when you get new programming, you say new things. And when you say new things, you get new things. Because when you speak to, listen,
3: the the world doesn't tell you to speak to a mountain, but the Bible does. And when you speak to a mountain, you can only speak to it out of faith. That's faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Again, the word of God is still there to reprogram you to tell you what to
0: say so that you can change what you get. I'm
3: going to mm. drop the
2: line and turn it back. Amen. I, 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 can,
0: can, can, I add, can I add a Woo! little bit? Can I put a little flag on the play? Just a little bit. See, Coach Coleman said something that was vital. See, the problem is, Coach Coleman, that the head coaches that are heads of the Churches, not all, but some, their playbook is outdated. Then you will wonder why mm. people don't want to go to church. Woo! And I'm gonna
2: leave it at Woo! that. Mm. Back to you, Coach D. Amen. <laughs> hey, y'all cooking with hot grease today. <laughs> That's awesome. Listen, I got, I got a tag that. I got a tag. That. I got a hashtag.
3: Real talk. I gotta hashtag real talk. Listen. These young people want real talk. Even some older folk need real talk. They need real talk. If you want to get it right, get it right. Don't, don't, don't just beat around the bush. Tell them like it is, and you will find that more people will show up and do us right. Yeah, it's, it's necessary to give them the real talk.
0: Yeah, the real talk is not popular. It's not popular. It's not going to get those seats filled. That's the problem. So, you know, it, it, we, we can't fill the seats with entertaining sermons Uh-oh. Uh oh. And, and, and making sure you, that people a you know stay surface. You just said it, though. Go this ahead. is what we're talking about. Distraction. Distraction. These yes. are distractions. Yep. These are distractions. Yep. They don't get you
3: honed in to the programming of God. I'll distract you and give you colorful words and make you feel good when you walk out the door, but you know what? Mm. When you hit the hit, feet the floor on Monday morning, you 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 your distractions don't don't hold tight. Real talk does. Mm. The Word of God does. I'm 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 back.
0: Go, I'll go ahead, back to you, bro. <laughs> Personal
2: foul. Amen. Coach Chris Oops. on the offense.
0: Fifteen yard penalty. <laughs>
2: This is some good stuff, guys. This is awesome stuff. But this is what it's about, family. This is the stuff that we're coming to shake loose. We're not coming here to bash you. We're not coming here to accuse you. We want to shake this stuff off your life. Because we at one time had this stuff clinging onto us somewhere that we had to shake off. And what we know is together we are better together. And we want the body to come together that we can... Get, you know, be great. And that's the point that we want to get to is that greatness. Amen. Well, man. Coach Todd, I didn't hey, Coach man. Chris, I didn't hear Coach Coleman talk about this thing and transforming my mind. But how important is my thought process and my relationship with Christ? You know, because I got these friends I'm around and they're not the best friends. They don't talk the best. You know, they. They're not alcoholics, but they drink and they do these other things. How important is my thoughts and and how can I filter that, being around these people, because they're my friends, and I want to keep my friends. I don't want to lose them. You know, we've been friends since we were in diapers, and now uh, you're telling me if i got to renew myself and my reasonable service, I may not be able to be around them. What do I do, Coach Chuck? You got the floor.
3: So our our thoughts are our thoughts are critical when it comes to our commitment, right? We we have to once you decide who we are, and you know, you know that I've gotten to connect with uh, with Steve Weatherford, and he's always saying who you are and whose you are. Come on, you know, when you when you truly identify that you belong to God and that He has purpose for you and he made you for a specific purpose. you know, it, it's, it's said that you are the son of your five closest friends. And so if you're standing around with a bunch of knuckleheads, that yeah, pretty much speaks about who you are at that time. You know, I, I, I have friends from childhood Coach, that I love to, yes.
2: So, Ted, I'm getting a lot of feedback. You're getting a lot of static. I don't know if you... You got it open on the computer and the phone, but I'm getting a lot of a lot of static.
3: Okay, let me uh um, let's see. is that better? There you go. Much better. Right,
2: oh, yeah. There you go. Better. Finish your topic. Yeah, I was, I
3: was good. all right, so where'd I drop off?
2: Uh, Steve Weatherford. So
3: so I, I've had the opportunity uh to connect with Steve Weatherford and he one of the one of the phrases that he loves to say is, "You have to define who you are, but also whose you are." You know we have to, We have to really get to the point where we accept that we belong to God and that He made us for a unique purpose. You know He, he created us to do something that only we can do if we're, if the sum of who we are is reflected in the five closest friends that we have you know you have to start evaluating who it is that you're really hanging out with but you also have to as you grow in your faith you have to start to determine you know if if what if you're on the path that God has laid out for you what's more important hanging on to this friendship or growing in who God has for you to be you know mm-hmm. we we have to we have to be willing to accept that people are on different paths our best friends may not be on the same path that we're on, and that's okay. You're going to have people as you start to walk with Christ that are going to make you question it. They're going to you know, try to test your faith, and you have to accept that when you're walking with God, when you're on the right path, their opinion does not matter. That. you know mm-hmm. we want everybody's approval we want everybody to like us we want everybody to you know to love us you know and and give us give us value but yes. if if you're a child of God and we all are when you truly yeah. accept the value that God has for you and that he made you for a purpose then it, it doesn't matter what other people think you know you're you're on that path and you choose whether you allow people to slow you down in your spiritual growth or not you know uh we we have we as a society we decide that we want you know when we go to church on Sunday right we mm-hmm. try and put the full responsibility for our spiritual growth on that preacher mm-hmm. you know it's it's easy to point fingers and say well you know he didn't give a strong enough word, or he gave, he gave a great word, but he's not carrying us the rest of the week. But we have to ask, what are we doing to further our faith during the week? Or are we just kind of it, – it's like if you only eat one time a week, you're probably not going to make it too far. You know, if you only – you know, we people – want, people want the faith that they receive on Sundays to, to carry them the whole way. You know, but in reality, when you really start to walk with Christ, when you really start on that path, you have to want for the word of God, for the spirit of God to be as close as air. You know, when when you can say that you want it like, you know, your spiritual food, your spiritual drink, you know, but you can go days without either of those. I want, I want the word of God. I want his presence to be like air where if you go more than a few minutes.  … What? That you start to have brain damage. Mm-hmm. You start that mm-hmm. your cells start to die if you go more than a few minutes without air. That's right. You know, so you know we we have to make sure that we're feeding ourselves during the week. We have to make sure that we're staying in the word. You know, we can't mm-hmm. just point fingers and say, you know, uh, unfortunately, our society they we're so wrapped up in technology. And like I said, I, I love technology for what it is, but we're so wrapped up in it that it's a sad state of affairs that the church has to have distractions. They have to have lights. They have to have all the, you know, the flashing lights and and music, and they have to put on a show in order to draw people in to fill a seat. You know, Amen. as opposed, because the, the word of God, as potent as it is. We're so conformed to this world that we don't want – people don't want just the standard. They just don't want to receive the word of God for what it is because they have no idea what the power is in just the word. Wow. Amen. Smoke in the mirror. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah.
0: See, Coach, Todd – you you about to make me throw another flag on the because you hitting on something. Good night.
3: I
2: wanna
3: I wanna jump in with that. I wanna jump in with that and say, Coach Tut, you you might cause some people to, to change from offense to defense right there because
1: uh I will tell you that those,
3: <laughs> those same those same passes that, that, that don't uh, excuse me, that you're talking about that would say, uh, you know, go read that word for yourself, are the same ones who do the flowery words. Mm. So they're going to have to figure it out. When you're talking to people, and somebody's going to have to question whether or not they can find a shepherd who can actually encourage them to be stronger on their own, to go eat from their no. own table, to prepare their foods. They're going to have to find that one. Because that, if they it, if it don't, then they're going to continue down the same path. And but they have to be encouraged, even in sessions like this, to do exactly what you said, Coach. Go get some more reps. Go do something. You know, you can't hmm. be a cornerback.
0: Maybe you no. ought to be a running
3: back. Something.
1: Anyway, <laughs> but I won't, I, absolutely.
3: Hallelujah. We are we are running. The churches are filled with a lot of people, 90% of the 90% of Christians out there are still on the milk. Mm. We we have to transition to make our faith our own instead of relying on others to build our faith, to help it to grow. Mm. You know, we, we have our, our shepherds, you know, the pastors that are out there doing the work of Christ that, that they've been called to do as amazing as their anointing is. You know, we have to encourage people to make their faith their own with assistance from their pastors to help them grow in order for them to flourish. Mm. You know, we have to transition hey, you know from milk to meat. And hey, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna step with you right there when you're talking about your friends, uh, even the pastors that will get on the line and listen in. If you know your friends are mm. doing things that you know God has not called you to do and he's calling you to a higher level, you need to do that. You can't hang out mm-hmm. with the same friends that you that, that don't want to do and don't want to live to the same standard. That's, that goes on all levels from leadership to friendship. But anyway, I'm going to leave it alone.
2: Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. It's, you know,
3: they say the closer I get to God, the fewer friends I have. Yes, and that's because right. the, friend, the childhood friends, as you're growing, there will always be people that you have to step away from in order to grow spiritually. Exactly.
0: Even Amen. in our world, even in the world of being in fellow believers, pastors, friends, things like that, there are some that can even stop you from your purpose even in the kingdom mm. of God. I don't understand it. See, and you were right, Coach Tut. Again, we have gotten so in this smoke-in-mirror, Gerber food-feeding, infamile wanting Christianity that now we're expecting the man and woman of God to give me a prime rib steak, And I'm supposed to last all week long with that one steak. Well, I got news for you. It's just like when you build your body. You know, we have a sports element here. It's just like being an athlete. You cannot expect to be a number one draft pick and don't work out. Uh Uh-oh. You can't expect to be a number one draft pick and you don't eat right. Uh Uh-oh. So how do you expect to be in your proper role in Christ if we're not eating right, we're not working out, we got beer bellies, and we're just out of shape. So when it's time for us to fight our Goliaths, we're so out of shape, and we're blaming the coaching staff because we didn't have the right play. Uh Uh-oh. But in fact, it's you. We give you the tools, and it's up to you to work that thing out. So stop blaming everybody for you not coming where you need to be. The program will work if you what? Work it. So it doesn't matter if you go hard in the paint for football, basketball, the word of God, being a pastor, being a minister, or being a coach. You got to put in the work in order be in order for you to be effective and consistency is key and you have got to be able to work this thing out on your own without coach cut holding you up just saying i'm Amen. sorry coach king i just had this co sign on coach Tut right there he was quiet Amen. and then he said something powerful and now he got us going so anyway i'm sorry coach king back <laughs> to you I'm sorry.
2: Hey, man, hallelujah, this is awesome stuff. Hey, look, guys, that's listening out there, I hope you're soaking this in. This is good stuff. This is good foundational stuff that you're not going to hear every day. Only here in the locker room you're going to get stuff like this to shake that stuff off. Of you. Now, all right, guys, this is what I want you to do. Get your notepads out, get your pens out, because here's the technique. It's not enough just being around like-minded people, but you have to develop your your discernment to be around like-minded, saddest people. Because the Word of God that says everybody that cries out, Lord, Lord, is not going to enter in. You want people walking in the same direction that you are. I'm not saying that you have to love them any less. I'm not saying that you have to just totally... Uh, take yourself away from it, but you have to get yourself surrounded about like-minded, set-it people. Because what's going to happen is, just as the coach has been saying, your speech is going to be elevated and transformed. Your mannerisms are going to be elevated and transformed. Everything about you is going to be elevated and transformed when not only you get in the Word, but you get around people that are there with you. They're just not sitting there talking about what they're going to do but actually walking out what they want to do or, or, or their destiny is to do. That's going to be it. It hurt me. It hurt each and every one of us that's on this line today that we don't necessarily just set off some of the people we may have grew, grew up with, childhood friends, but if they're not walking in the same direction, they're not profitable. I'm not saying you have to throw them away, but you have to stay on course because it will become a distraction if you don't, and it will be a distraction to pull you away from what God has called you to do, and you don't want to do that. So that's the technique. Okay, and, and what happens is, is this, too. Once that changes, you, once you start to transform, and once your mind gets renewed, you notice the thing that your speech will start to change, things that you... You, you, you say what will sound different. And and Coach Tut brought out a great point. And it's just like air. And this is the proclamation I want you to behind that. It's just like you know you need air. We don't we don't really consciously say, you know, hey I need to take a breath right now. No, we know that we we don't have to worry about that breath because we know that air is already there. And you can tell if you've ever been in a place where the air wasn't as good or as plentiful, your body would start to react and notice it right away. Well, you need to make your proclamation, I need God like I need air. I need God to survive. There's not a second that I can go without him in my life. From reading your word, from prayer, these are things that you're going to have to adopt as a lifestyle. Something that you do Continuously, Not just on Sunday mornings Not just on Wednesday evenings But this is something that you have to do Continuously, just like breathing You have to do it till so you make it to the point where It's almost involuntary Where you just open your Bible You just start praying You just start doing these things Because when we talked about facing your giants One of the techniques that we said Was to sharpen your reflexes And that's one way you can Sharpen your reflexes is by saying in the word because you'll know where to go when something comes up automatically. It won't have to be instinctively. You won't have to think about it. You won't have to ask no one about it. It's instinctively. And that's where you want, we want you to be. Amen. Well, coaches, man, we, we hammered this stuff. We, we've been getting it in. We've been getting it in. And it looks like we're going to have to, uh, uh, some of the things that I was getting in here, it looks like we're going to have to have a part two of this eliminating your distractions because I wanted to take our time, guys, because you know what? Distractions come in subtly, but they can be so detrimental. And you really don't know you are distracted till you're full-blown in it. So that's why I really wanted to walk slow uh, through eliminating your distractions. But, hey, coaches, we talked a lot about Things and and ways and means about distraction. Let's look and let's start breaking down some examples of being distracted. Let's go to uh, Luke chapter ten, and I'm going to be in the 38th I'm going to start at the 38th verse and read down to the 42nd verse. Now this still is again another portion of scripture that uh, uh, um, you're familiar with. This is something that that um, you know we've often read. It's uh, Luke chapter ten, verses thirty-eight through forty-two. And the next distraction we're going to be. Let me read it first before we before I get in. Luke ten thirty-eight to forty-two. Now it happened as they went that he entered in a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. but Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, "Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me." And Jesus answered and said to her, "Martha, Martha." You are worried and troubled about many things, but the one thing in need, one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Wait a minute, coaches. Hold the phone. Wait a minute. Are you serious? Martha was teaching Sunday school. Martha was doing everything she was supposed to do, going to prayer meetings and and everything that she wanted, that she thought she should be doing. And Jesus said, hey, Martha, wait a minute. So, coaches, and I'm going to start with you, Coach, Coach Coleman. How can I get distracted while I'm serving the Lord, man? How is that possible? You got the floor. Go! <laughs>
3: I heard it said one time that you forget about the Lord of the work while you're doing the work of the Lord. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so you get so enamored with your your schedule and staying on schedule. You're not you're not flexible, and you don't allow the Spirit of God to speak to you, and you won't set aside time for Him. You expect Him to operate at your specific specific intervals because you've always done things this way, and you've lost mm. track And the sensitivity of the Holy yeah. Spirit in your life. So. You have to be mindful. You're, you're so busy telling people about, I'm doing the work of the Lord. But you got to remember, you got to remember the, the Lord of the work. And if you don't keep him always in front of you, you don't always observe him, then yes, you will be distracted by work. You will be distracted by mm. work and your work will not produce the expected outcome. Because just tweaking one little thing. The wisdom of God being poured into you in your in your um, morning prayers or whatever the case may be, will tell you mm-hmm. what to tweak or what the what the shift in your presentation on that morning or that evening, and then you'll be mm-hmm. able to. You got to be at Jesus's feet first and foremost. You got to be at the feet of Jesus first before you get to the work. So let's go get that download. Let's get that programming from God first. Let's go get that programming from God first, so that you could then. Execute the program Or as we say run the play
2: Amen Amen Coach We we read here Martha Was serving the Lord And the word Says in verse 40 She was distracted With much serving But coach Tell me this How do I know when I'm getting Distracted while serving the Lord I mean, give me give me a clue, coach, that that that, that can help me out here. You have the floor. Uh, you know, it's
3: when when you're truly working in the service of God, then it doesn't feel like work. I mean, yes, yes, there's things that you have to do. There's fundamental things, but there should always be spiritual support that comes along with it. You know, at getting. You have to constantly be, like Coach Coleman said, you have to put in the work to build a relationship with God, to make sure that you're staying on track with the path that He has laid out for you. If you're if you're not, you know Kobe Bryant was best ever because he always practiced fundamentals. He Amen. could beat you all day with fundamentals. You know, he didn't need trick plays. He didn't need, you know, to be overly fancy. His technique was perfect because he constantly focused on fundamentals. You know, we want to, we get lost in these things, you know, in the distractions, even inside of the church, we get lost in them. And it, it makes it harder for us to stay on track because we start to focus on the wrong things. You know, if you're building your relationship with God, you're building the only relationship that truly matters. You know, so long as you keep him first, he will give you the guidance for everything else. You know, you have to, you have to put God first in all things before your job, before your finances. And this may set some people off, but even before your family. If you're mm. not putting God in front of your family, you're setting them up for failure. Because you cannot pastor them You cannot be the pastor of your home If God is not your top priority You know God will give you the opportunities To speak into them He will work on their He will move on their heart So long as you're staying on the path That he has laid out for you you know, there are times when we we look and we'll we'll use work as a distraction. We'll use it as an excuse not to engage with our family. But that's not the path that God has laid out for us. Amen. You know, that's good. Amen. That's but good. Uh, that's I, good. I'll I'll leave it there for right now.
2: Amen. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Coach Chris, wait a minute now. You guys talking earlier about my reasonable service. Now you're telling me I can serve and be distracted. What's really going on, Coach Newton? How can I present myself where I'm doing my reasonable service and not get distracted? You got the floor.
0: Well, I want to point something out here in Luke chapter 10, verse 42 I'm going to read again from the passing translation because I love the way it was put and it's speaking my language so here we go 42 see Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet this is the response she is undistracted and I won't take this privilege from her. Now, wow. here's the thing. You're looking for a data boy for a fundamental <laughs> action that should already be in motion. Uh-oh. Come on. I'm going to get in trouble for that one. See, we want to get a pat on the back. We want to... Outwork Sister Janie, Or outwork Brother Tut Or outwork Brother Coleman We want to outwork them So we can get a that-a-boy from Pastor But really and truly After all that work Pastor ends up calling The least of these Not the one that was doing all the work He's calling the other guy See, this is the thing See, we have to stay undistracted on works s see we've been programmed especially in some of our churches that works is going to get you to the next level the works that you put in Mm -hmm. but that's not the case it's the relationship with god that's going to give you the promotion see the distractions are the works that you're doing. Uh-oh, we're going we to get in mm-hmm. trouble with that one, coaches. But, see, that's the distractions. We're trying to do so much, but God's not looking at all that. See, the problem is, what we don't understand, that God is looking at the heart of the thing. Uh-oh, mm-hmm. not, that, not how much he mm-hmm. gave. Not how much you worked in the church. Not how many committees you sit under. He's looking at your heart. And the first thing, we react just like Martha. Most of us. We get mad and upset because Brother Don was pulled away to do a work for the master. And I'm over here working on my hands and knees. And you mean to tell me you call him brother Don and he ain't do half the work I did in this church. See, that's the problem. Gentlemen, we've been Mm. teaching works, works (laughs) without faith is dead. Okay. See, I'm going to get in trouble with that one. Oh, wait, wait. It's supposed to be (laughs) faith out works is dead. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's how, that's what it was supposed to be. See, We're teaching it in reverse. See, so again, we're misusing the playbook. We're utilizing our own strategy, and we expect people to stop drinking milk. It's not going to work that way because Jesus is not looking for the works that we're doing. He's looking for the relationship, and you don't got to be Mr. Bible Wins either of knowing every scripture, quoting every verse. I'm telling you, I was never that student, and I was never that guy, but if you ask God for the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, I guarantee you, if you only give him a little bit, he gonna take you to places your intellectual mind or your degrees can't take you. Let me stop before we get cut off the air, so Coach D, I'm throwing in my flag back to you.
2: Amen. Amen. That's good stuff, coaches. I really... I know mean, the guys out there appreciate it as well as I do. Hey, you know, I want to say this, guys. Listen up. Listen up. What we're talking about is spiritual distraction. And it can start off very subtle because, you know, you get so excited. You, you, you're honored. You're welcome, you know, to be serving and doing things. But even with that, it has the same effect as what we were talking about earlier with being distracted by technology and things. Look at Martha. Martha was almost indignant. She was upset that she felt like that what she was doing took precedence over where Mary was and what Mary was doing. Martha totally lost sight of God. And that spiritual distraction is, even though you have a great desire to be a good servant, but if you don't have it Christ focused, you'll lose sight of God. I don't care if you're working in the church, you're working in the missions, you're working out here in in, in the field, if it's not Christ centered, then it's just for you. And then that is what the issue is, you know, because see Jesus had to remind Martha, look, the kitchen can wait. What you got right here. Is not always going to be with you Don't get distracted Sometimes We have to just sit back And tell ourselves That I am doing this For my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ So here's the key If you're doing service If you're working If you're doing things within the ministry If you're doing things out there Keep it Jesus focused If not it's you focused and just you doing something in the name of Jesus, not for Jesus, but just with His name on it. And we know we got to be careful when we, you know, when we do these things because we can get caught up. We really can, and that's why I said it's subtle. And that's why we, when we're going to keep harping on and putting down, prayer time is just so essential. Just getting alone. Getting in that, that quiet place that Getting in your prayer closet You know when everything is off Nobody's around you can, you can pray And you can hear those things That you need to hear So yeah Spiritual distraction is real It's very real And it, can, it starts in subtle But it has the same effect As some of the other things That we're going to talk about So we uh we hit it home coaches, we hit some hard stuff today i really I really want to go into this next uh example of distraction, but I know we'll be here for another two or three hours but coaches let's let's kind of roll this thing up and let's let's give them let's give them a little condensed version of what we've talked about so far. coach Tut, just recapping where we've been at so far. what would you tell the guys out there before they get back on the field?
3: No distractions. Uh, there's there's a verse, First uh, Corinthians ten and thirteen says, "No temptation has overtaken you that's not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it." You know, every every person goes through distractions. Everybody has them. But with God, there's always a means to not let them take over. We're never going to be tempted beyond what we can handle you know and so if you if you find that you're getting distracted, you know turn to god if if you want to keep from letting distractions be as present in your life, make sure that you're on a path that's going to bring you closer to God you know do focus on your fundamentals.
2: Amen, amen. Coach Chris, you're up, sir. What, what, what can you roll this up? Because we're going to have a second half of this. We're going to have a part two to this eliminating your distraction. What can we give the guys right now to sum it up so far before they hit the field?
0: You have to execute your play at home. In order for you to build, in order for you to be The best at what you do, you have to build your core. What am I talking about? Well, you have to be relational. You have to have a relationship with Christ. That's the only way you're going to get the playbook right. That's the only way you're going to be able to be drafted to the next phase of your spiritual life. That's the only way that you'll stop letting your giant get in front of you. Develop relationship, not religion, not cliches, not looks, not doing all the work in the committees and all this stuff, trying to do all this mainstream stuff just to try to make yourself look good. But as we saw in Luke chapter 10, verse 41, the Lord responded to Martha, In regards to Mary being pulled away, what's in your spiritual wallet? Uh Uh-oh, I'm going to make you think about that. What's in your spiritual wallet? Are you too busy trying to take out of someone else's pocket? Or are you trying to make sure you have enough spiritual resources to be pulled away? And not be distracted by your giants, and that's my final play of the half. So back to you. Not low. There? Did we lose everybody?
3: No, I'm still here. Did we lose I'm still here. Yep. Well, so, so there, as assistant coach, hey, Coach Coleman, what would you have as our as our final points to, to help kind of sum up what we've covered today? Well, I'm going to use James 4 and 7, I believe it is. Uh, and we call it, when we're ready to do something or run the play, we call it bring it in, bring it in, bring it in. Y'all remember them saying bring it in. James four and seven says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. I'll go on further. It says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Come on, bring it in. You can't be double-minded. You can't be double-minded. We want to be focused, and we want to resist the distractions of the enemy and draw near to God. So bring it in. Bring it in. Let's bring it in, and figure out what the coach is saying. Every time we, people are distracted, looking at all parts of the field, the coach will say, come on, team, bring it in, bring it in, bring it in. i out shout his commandments so, that he'll, so we'll know how to execute. Uh, so let's do that. Let's just get ready to listen to God as he tells us to bring it in and not be double-minded, but to be focused on his will, that we might execute it and we might see the good of the land, the goodness of the Lord and, and while we're living in this land, in this season. And I'll say that to you, and I'm, I'm out. Back to you. Amen. Amen. That's a good word.
2: Amen. Amen. I had, uh... <laughs> I made the whole mistake. uh left myself on mute. I'm back here preaching and shouting and nobody heard me. I'm on mute. <laughs> Illegal what? use of the hands on Coach D.
0: <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, hey, guys, this was great. That was great stuff. You guys hit home. and It was some good points that, that you... With you guys here, and I'm just so grateful that God has given you that He's giving you this day for the guys out here, and I think that we this is one place that you will not hear preach about distraction. See, because you know everybody they they tell you to be focused, they tell you to be driven, but if you live in a life full of distractions, it's going to be impossible for you to get that way. So I'm glad we're hitting this home, and if you're listening today. Share with somebody. Tell them where to go. We're on uh, Apple. We're on Spotify. We're on Anchor. We're on just about every streaming platform there is. Type in Men of Purpose Locker Room, and you can hear us. Because this is something that you're not going to get sitting on the pew Sunday morning a lot of about distractions because they're subtle and they're detrimental. And the reason that they're detrimental is because they cause you not to grow. They cause you to be get kind of stagnant to stay in that place because you're so distracted, you're not receiving that fresh manner from heaven. You're just sitting there. So I encourage you to go to the website, i'm um, uh yeah, Locker dot com and and click on any of the, the streaming platforms and you can go back and, and listen to us. Or you can go to um www.blogtalkradio Type in uh, the songless voice And you'll see us there um, In a purpose locker room But yeah come on let's, let's get this thing together It's time to get it right This this is our year man This is our year to stand up and get strong And these are tools that God has given us To put in our toolbox That we can utilize in life Each and every day Because we need those things We, we need a better toolbox to get through this thing called life, because it's not going to slow down or stop. It's up to us to get better and grow. So, give us a listen. Come back next week. We're going to get this second half in of eliminating your distractions. If you hadn't heard facing your your Goliath, go out and listen to that. Go out and listen to this. If um if you need to re-listen to this today, eliminating distractions, because we we we're going to get better together. And that's our the coaching staff, that's our motto, we get better together. And we want to get better and grow with you. Well, we're about out of time now. We're, we're, we're going we're gonna to land this thing. We're going to get ready to get back on the field. And we pray that everything that you received today would, would, would take root in your heart, that you can come out winning like a champion. And I would love to close this time with some prayer. Father, I just thank you for these men today, Lord, that you've assembled alongside of me that are laboring here with me. For you said the workers are many, but the laborers are few. And these men have come alongside in the locker room to minister to the guys out there that we can stand up and be strong together, that we can fight together. And I just pray, Lord, to each and every person that was listening today and even those that you have, will bring to us. We just pray, Lord, that the words, this word, your word, settles in their heart on fertile ground, that it may produce the fruit in the season that it needs to, and that you will continue to bless and uplift each and every man that's listening to us today. For so we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your, your, your sacrifice, for salvation. We thank you for your love that you have for us. And most importantly, we thank you for your word. For this, we just thank and praise you in Jesus' almighty name. Amen. Well, God bless you, guys. We are here. We're going to be here again at the locker room. Go on the webpage. You'll see the times that we're there, and we're just excited, and we're just really, really believing that God's going to do a great work in your life as he's doing a great work in our lives. Was anything else you had, Coach, you want to say before we get out of here? Nope, I'm good. Run the play. <laughs> good coach. Run the play. What about you, Coach Tuck?
3: Just run the play. Focus on fundamentals. You know, stay stay, no. stay in no. the word, no. stay deep in the word, and and trust that God's gonna lead you where He needs you to be not where you want to be, where he needs you to be, and know that he's got you
2: covered right where you are.
1: Amen. Good
2: stuff, good stuff. Well, God bless you guys. God bless you family. We will see you next time here in the locker room. Thank you for tuning in. God bless you. We love you. And until we meet again, amen.